Welcome to Recommissioned, a Battlestar Galactica podcast by LSG Media. Each week, we sit down to watch an episode of Battlestar Galactica. Now, I've seen them all, but my good pal Matt has only seen up to the one we are covering. And on this week's episode, we bring you Season 4, Episode 7, Guess What's Coming to Dinner. We began to realize that for our existence, to hold any value, it must end. To live meaningful lives, we must die and not return. The one human flaw that you spend your lifetimes distressing over. Mortality is the one thing, well, it's the one thing that makes you whole. Well, we are finally back. Ladies and gentlemen, we're finally back with some Battlestar Galactica. It has been too long, Mr. Anderson, since you and I sat down to discuss this show. I've got to be honest with you, ma'am. Mm. This one's been uh, been lingering for a long time, uh, life and whatnot. And uh, I'm finally happy that we are back to it after a pretty lengthy and unprecedented lengthy, unprecedentedly lengthy. <laughs> <laughs> we got there layoff uh it's good to be back so the first thing i want to do is just say thank you to the battlestar galactica listeners uh for your patience obviously um we don't mean to make you wait so long that wasn't on our intent so i appreciate you tuning in and listening and still subscribing that's awesome um we promise to be more attentive to the schedule in the future so that said we finally found something guys can do treachery and hopping (laughs) ah indeed he's good at that made for it you might even say he could be a hopping singer, like just hopping up and down and singing. I, I think he has a place on the bridge still. He could just be like some Game of Thrones jester character at this point. <laughs> it's true. Tee-hee-hee, he said. To heaven hold and do That whole thing. It's very medieval sounding, right? It is very like oh, Merry and Pippin singing to Denethor. <laughs> oh, there were definitely hobbits fucking arm in arm dancing around at the end For of the sure. There was a close-ups of uh, close-ups of the steward of Gondor shoving fucking like potatoes and fruit into his mouth <laughs> while he sang, and outside my, knights were dying. That's, I love when my legless jester sings. <laughs> Sing for me! <laughs> you brought me Boromir's horn. I'm gonna shove stuff into my mouth. Oh, beautiful! Basically, that's kind of what we have here. But a pretty wild episode, pretty dense, and. I did something uh, I haven't done in a while because it was definitely warranted on this. I watched it a couple times and I took pretty extensive notes just to stay on target. Stay on target. Luke, you're targeting computer. Just so I can uh, ensure I'm not missing anything. For sure. This this one's so thick. It felt like three episodes all in one. I was like, God, there's so many twists and turns that are contained to literally this episode alone. I'm like, Jesus. And I wanted so to, much going on. I wanted to have, uh, you want that sort of, you know, Athena shooting six accuracy. You don't want to miss. Oh if you're going to take <laughs> a shot, you don't want to miss anything on this episode. That's, that's what I'm thinking. So we're going to line this up point blank. And once the kid's clear, we're going weapons free right on <laughs> the listener's faces. <laughs> damn. Not once, oh, damn. but twice, by the way, just to make sure. Oh yeah. Double tap. So overall impressions of this, man, it's wild to see where we've come with Battlestar Galactica. And uh, there's some pretty damn good listener comments this week. God knows I had enough time to get them in. And, <laughs> uh, and I'm looking forward to checking out some of these. 
a couple of specifically, obviously Tommy Brinkley. Shout out to Tommy Brinkley. He's kind of becoming the Ben Prue of Battlestar Galactica. Um, Indeed. He's always yeah. on top of the comments. He's always doing his homework. He has very good perspective and uh, he communicates well with his words. Um, and, and clearly I always want to shout out Tommy for contributing, but I also want to shout out Scott Warboy Cummings, otherwise known as Scotticus Maximus on Twitch. Good and longtime friend of the show. Had some good stuff to say about this episode too. So um, those comments I would like to get to at some point when we do, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, there's a lot going. In fact, you know what? Why... Why do I just want to just do it? Why don't I just do it now? Because I think Scott's <laughs> stuff will will kind of push us into some of the discussion I think you and I will be wanting to focus on. Ooh, all right. So he says, basically, we got a lot to unpack here. Yes. And he then says, first, the two six and eight models wanting to become completely mortal. This is a huge turn in silent society, feeling they can never be whole until they have the ability to die. What would you guys do? Stay immortal and have sex with countless six models forever? Or get old with your enlarged prostate and aging meat sack of a body. I think my choice is clear. <laughs> Given the location of the resurrection ship is a, is a big dick move, to me it shows those models are serious about a peace between humans and Cylons. This levels the playing field. While Ty maintains his humanity, he is showing signs of silent connection here as he calls for weapons hold when the base star jumps into the fleet. A season one Ty would have called for a nuke strike on that fracking toaster ship. <laughs> Fucking A. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of... It's, um, his, his, his message is funny. Thanks for contributing, Scott. I appreciate it. It's also, uh, it's also sort of relevant to a lot of what I want to discuss here, which is this idea of the shifting winds within these individuals as they start to go through their sort of epiphanies and they start to have these moments in their mind where they go, well, this is what I want to kind of be now. And this is what we're going to do. And, I like the idea, one of the things I love about this episode is the idea of finding out that despite what you may or may not think your new mindset is, the idea of what has to be done to get there and the sacrifice and the fear that comes with it, even causing you to maybe pull back and second guess and worry. That's really a fascinating concept to me. Oh, for me, I was utterly fascinated with how much, I mean, I don't blame them. I definitely am not, I wasn't confused by it, but I was still like, huh, interesting, uh, based, especially Ty, but all of the you know the secret last Cylon models that we that we know the of the final know, five, and, yeah, Chief and Anders and Tori and Ty, their reactions to the news of working with Rebel Cylons, they remained in secret. Like they 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 still didn't budge. Like I honestly was waiting. I really was surprised that he didn't. I was waiting for Ty to kind of start probing with Adama and be like. Well, you know, uh, how would you feel if we found out one of our best people <laughs> was Wada was actually a Cylon? There's still one we don't know about, you know? Like, something, you know, something. Yeah, that's a tough like, one based on his history with Adam. Adam would be like, who the frack are you? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that's it, true, that's true. It's a tough but, call, but I, I know what you're saying. Like, it, it, he has to be thinking it. Gotta be thinking it, because you're like, well, shit, maybe this is, you know, if whole whole new enemy Cylons come aboard and are making essentially a peace offering and an offering of how to defeat the other Cylons and, you know, destroy their own immortality and work with humanity, you're kind of like, well, this is this is kind of my shot, right? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe something, maybe things are going to be cool, right? We're going to sign the peace treaty? Right, and, and, and I think probably part of the trepidation is this idea of the way it's phrased, like, turn, we're going to turn you over to the Cylons. Mm. Like, even though it sounds like, you know, when you think about, and and without getting too bogged down on that, I'd like to get to that, but 
with the whole start of this episode, you you always just feel like this essentially the, the main chunk of what the idea is here. And I think maybe we should talk about that part of it probably in in detail. But the setup is Gaius's hallucination sharing tapes, propaganda, you may say, um, and how Lee says, look, the delegates want the truth. You owe them that. But the press isn't happy with that idea. She doesn't, she doesn't love the fact that that's what she's being told, that she owes anybody anything. She feels pretty confident. Right. She doesn't owe anyone anything. And then <laughs> you have her sort of telling him, what if you're, everything you believed was sort of flipped upside down? And that's almost like a theme of the episode. Because mm, the Cylons, what, the president is, is, is saying that this is her reality based on the visions, based on things that have happened. And now it's essentially being presented as this is something you want everyone to accept. You want, you want the Cylons, you, the Cylons want you to accept this upside down world where no, we're going to be your friends now after everything that's happened. And, and then it's also like, the Cylons are like, well, how can we trust them? Like after everything that's happened and there's all, all this, you know, the last episode was called Faith but yeah. there's something here still thematically kind of uh, sort of bleeding through that episode into this one where we have this idea like, well, do we trust them? And that's what I mean. You know, there's this idea like, here's what we're thinking we want, but how do we make that happen? And what kind of sacrifice and or trust, uh, you know, or faith right. as it were, is it going to take to get there? And I love, you know, I love all the little moments where, Obviously, you know, like like there's that moment where Adama, you know, he kind of refuses uh, one of, I guess, I guess her name is now Natalie, one of the six models, you know, he kind of refuses part of her offer and he's like, all right, we'll take them away. And she's like, okay, fine, fine. I'll give you the coordinates sure. for the hub. And like, even that little moment where I'm like, I get where Adama's coming from, but also it's like, it's funny how, how much they still absolutely see each other as enemies and forget that just the basic tenets of any negotiation is, all right, everybody has some skin in the game. Like, you got to yeah. put something on the table. And nobody wants to do that with each other. I mean, it's funny, I would say for most of the episode, the rebel Cylons are actually a lot more agreeable than the humans. Um, and only towards the end, you start to see that that suspicion creeping back and even the rebel Cylons of like, well, fuck, are they just going to screw us over? Maybe we should, you know, have our own insurance here. Yeah, there's a lot there for that too. It's, you know, it's, I, I don't know if it's utterly unreasonable considering the humans are on the run and they were attacked, right? So they, they're like, God, the publicity of these things is legendary. This is, they've infiltrated our fleet. They've done all these crazy things. But right. that whole negotiation is really compelling to me because Starbuck is vouching for them. Like, they're with me, right? This, yeah. this, this, is, this leads to six, six, basically pleading. You know, she says, we became a, a divided. The, the twos, eights, and sixes have come to believe, like, this is our destinies with the final five and the war one, fours, and fives oppose this. Of course, Adama jumps on this right away and he's like, we're missing one. And that's when the whole box angle comes up. And, and that's when they say, look, Deanna, who saw the faces of the final five, and that is forbidden. And it comes mm-hmm. down to this negotiation, which is six basically saying, look, we want to know who the final five are. And Starbucks says that the final five have been to earth. We help them unbox the threes or at least Deanna, so they can find the final five, they help us get to Earth. So that's the, that's the chief negotiation, that's the plot, as it were, of the episode. Right. Which is, we help them unbox the three because they're limited on manpower or machine power. They help us get to Earth because they're going to use the three to identify the final five. Six says they don't, they, they, they can't do it alone. And, 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 oh, and, oh, and by the way, what, what an amazing offer. What a, what a what a way for a machine with its 
limited knowledge of the human experience to sort of offer something to the humans. It, it does two things. It shows what they're willing to risk, the rebels, or at yeah. least six in the moment, and what she kind of thinks of the humans. Because I believe she says, we're offering you vengeance. Right, like, right. She's literally using vengeance. She's playing on Rosalind's obvious uh, hatred for Cylons oh, yeah. by suggesting, this is what we want. Destroy the hub and nobody can download anymore. We are rebels. We cannot go back. What matters most to us is being with the five, and Deanna can identify them, which makes time must, time must be like, what the fuck? What do, you, what do you want with us? What do you mean? <laughs> right? He's I don't like, even I haven't know. been to Earth. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. What if, what if they identify us and we don't know, and, and now we look like idiots, and the whole plan goes to shit, and we're all lined up in the airlock together? I think, I think he says something along the lines of, it'll just be more crowded in the airlock or something. <laughs> Later in the episode, he makes that joke, but... You know, uh, I love I love how harshly uh, Ty thinks the humans would treat them all if they found out they're Cylons because he knows that's exactly what he would fucking do. Absolutely, and did, and did, <laughs> and did right. numerous times. That's when Adam is like, "Well, listen, coordinates first. Six says no, and right. she says, "Do I?" And then when he's like, "Well, get her out of here," and that's when she kind of extends the olive branch. And again, I I have to hand it to Trisha Helfer. She has a pleading face on this whole scene, and it really works for me. You know, she seems very believable in her pleading. And she says, well, listen, do I have your word? Once the IDs are revealed, we will be free to leave with the five. Yes? Okay, great. They are here with you. Boom. They didn't realize that. The final five are in your fleet. That's why our raiders turn back, which makes Adama go, holy shit. Mm -hmm. He's got a good poker Mm -hmm. face, but still, that's insane, right? That's that's terrifying. But Adama I mean, that's a, that's knows a, what happens when Cylons lurk around. <laughs> he gets shot oh, in the chest three it. times. <laughs> yeah, he felt it in his gut. Hot, hot, Literally. hot lead. <laughs> exactly. But that, and that's just like the harshest confirmation they've ever gotten that. Not only they are, are one or two of them among you, they're all here. They're all on this ship five, right dude, now. That's a lot. Yeah. If I crazy. told you that five radical terrorists were in a football stadium, you'd shit your pants. Oh, yeah. That's about <laughs> what we're saying here. Tar Nation, there's ISIS in them stands. <laughs> the announcer screamed. That's crazy, man, right? Think about that. <laughs> Terrifying, though. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there are five men, but obviously it's a different situation. You would almost say this is even different than that because there seems to be a bit of a negotiation going on here. There seems to be a bit of a, an alliance, as uneasy as it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, and, and we haven't even talked about like the, you know, the main thing, the first thing that the, the six, the Natalie six offers is that permanent uh, destruction of the resurrection hub yep. um, and literally making not just like what I thought was interesting. At first I misunderstood it. I had to go back and watch the scene a couple of times because I was like, oh, she's at first I was like, oh, she's talking about, you know, the most nearby resurrection ship or whatever. And, you know, it'll make all of all of these Cylons on their ship vulnerable to it. And I'm like, oh, that's an interesting part of the negotiation because it's basically saying I will make myself mortal. So if you kill me, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's pretty powerful. But then I realized, no, she's talking about destroying the entire hub and making every single Cylon mortal sure like all at once and i was like whoa that's an even bigger offer really because that 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 it makes the rebels vulnerable and it makes the enemy cylons totally vulnerable right I mean, that, that changes the fucking game you know and and we've already seen what i find fascinating on a like a philosophical level is just how much the mindset of the rebel 
Cylons, the, their attitude, their beliefs have cha- have changed only because they now have to face mortality. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that fact alone, like they were already pulling away from the other Cylons. I mean, you know, we watched them assassinate the threes and, and you know do this whole whole takeover of the ones. Um, and we saw that they had this conviction in them because of their their difference of beliefs and their difference of you know Earth is the priority more so than trying to just destroy humanity. But now, like this newfound kind of like resolve seems to really stem from understanding that when they die, they die. Um, And I'm like, yeah, now you finally get it. (laughs) It's also pretty wild and radical to believe that half of the Cylon models, because three is out of the picture, is deciding for the other three that we will no longer be resurrected. That's that's wild. I mean, that is showing some commitment to the cause. When you're deciding for half of the other Cylons, that's what it is, right? If you literally, a 50-50 split. And they're basically just saying, we're going to decide for them in here because- because we believe so strongly in the conviction of the claim. It's wild. It really, and to be honest, as much as I find it interesting and even kind of noble that they're willing to give up the kind of immortality, I would actually argue that that's a pretty immoral act if you you are among the Cylons. To decide that for people who have no say is pretty fucking bad. It's it's (laughs) fucking nuts, dude. It's a awful thing to do. Yeah, I agree. And it's definitely a weird... In, in an absolute sense, it is definitely you wouldn't you. It's tough to support that as a as a as a moral claim, right? If if all things being equal, even if you know it gets dicey when you can say, well, those three of other models are quote evil, but I mean, sure, but still, you are deciding for for the rest of your people. All of a sudden, not all of a sudden. Obviously, they'd been. That's the good thing about the show is it's been layered in for a while. This idea of dissent, this idea of curiosity. Uh, this idea of what it must be like to be human. This, this, there's always been a fascination from six herself with the way humans are. They, from, from, from human infants uh, all the way down. We see her response to Hera. I mean, it, there's, it, it, it's very much in character for me for them to do that. And, and you know what? It did get bloody. <laughs> it got bloody between oh, them. Yeah. But it is really, it's a pretty fucking wacky choice. Uh, yeah. But it is, it, it's. Like you said, immoral or moral, what have you, it is definitely a a sign of conviction. (laughs) (laughs) Conviction doesn't necessarily mean it contains any good virtue, but it's fucking, it's committed. She is committed. committed. Uh, I question its morality on on the Cylon end, but if I'm a human being involved with this negotiation, I'm one of the colonials, I'm I'm like, holy shit. They're pretty serious if they're putting that on the table. Like they're right. not they're deciding this not only for themselves, but for their their entire race. Uh I'm kind of like, okay, shit, this is kind of our this is our opportunity. We have some serious leverage here. Yep. Yeah. And because to a human, we're just like, well, welcome to the party. If this is what you want to be, then that's probably a good first step. Yeah. Because exactly. it's not that's well. such a foreign idea to me, this idea of immortality, so to speak. By te- oh, totally by technology that we're just like I could see, especially from a utility standpoint, you're, you're a military. This is still considered an enemy force, despite the fact that we're playing patty cakes near a long table. You know, it's still, <laughs> we're still enemies. And I, I you know, <laughs> there's, 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 the abs, uh, there's the absolute morality of it. And then there's the utility of we're at war with these people. This is probably a good move for us, just in case this yeah. thing goes haywire, right? Right. No, I would agree. I mean, that, that would be my point of view. Yeah, absolutely. And they're suddenly like, oh, you don't want to just fucking roll headlong into flames. Like you, you, <laughs> you get the sense of danger now, right? <laughs> it's not, you don't, everyone's not going to just blow themselves up all the time, right? 
You might have some hesitation there. <laughs> totally. Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, you're going to have to think about this a little harder before you could just wage war eternally. Yep. Of course, we have that tense moment at the beginning of the episode where, you know, they, they try to they try to sync up the uh, or, or slave up the uh, the FTL drives, but the Demetrius malfunctions, the base star hops in, no communication because it got fried in the jump, and the guy is about to destroy this, this stripped-down base ship, but of course, Ty gets that instinct, and later... Tells Bill, like, oh, I was just lucky, Bill. <laughs> oh, I was just lucky, Bill. I, 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 I'm not a Cylon, Bill. <laughs> it's just an old soldier's instinct, not a metal ticker inside me or anything, Bill. Come on. <laughs> it's just me. I'm just so full of all my uh, human blood. My heart's still pom 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 Get it together, die. Slaps him in the head. <laughs> Fucking screws just- fly out of his ear. <laughs> he, gra- he instinctually just grabs Bill's arm and twists it like fucking IG-11 in Mandalorian just rips his arm off <laughs> sorry Bill sorry Bill Bill oh, Bill, let me Bill, put it Bill. Back, Bill. <laughs> oh no Gator gets his leg chopped off speaking of damage <laughs> it makes him an Irish folk singer he, beca- he gets his leg chopped off and he becomes Ed Sheeran man mm-hmm. I gotta Ed be honest with leg you. off yeah I gotta be honest with you if taking the other leg man, he'd be a little cuter, he might have a career as a singer. You about to say he actually has a pretty Take good singing voice. Legs, put the blades on. <laughs> Get the <laughs> blades on your on your knees. You can the fucking guy ran a marathon with blades, dude. You can be an Irish folk singer with blades. <laughs> You'll be fine, <laughs> and, bud. And introducing Kata McFadden. <laughs> and there's a big spotlight on the stage, and he walks out and you hear his feet clicking across the stage. King, click, king, click, king, click, king. king. <laughs> and I am sad and have no legs. Or whatever he would sing. I don't know. But it would be really beautiful, I'm sure. He does have a nice singing voice. It would be stirring, I think would be the word. Yeah, it is. It's definitely, it, it makes me think of water breaking on the cliffs of Dover or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> 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 the oh, most boy. un-Irish looking fellow of all time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this fucking sauce curls. Uh, oh fuck! You know, and I would have felt. You know, I don't know. If, I don't want to beat a dead horse or anything, but <laughs> too late. I would have felt more bad if he hadn't been such a little snake bitch lately. If he hadn't been such a snake bitch in the past, you know, couple handful of episodes, I I'd feel real bad about that leg wound and him losing it. But nowadays, I'm like, I don't know, Gator. You've been you've been kind of a dick lately, man. You know, who probably feels bad about it, Anders, because he strikes me as a guy that feels bad about doing that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think right. Anders is going to feel feel shitty yeah. about this. He already did Hit when he me. went down. Totally. He can be hitting a bottle. Um, but uh, let me tell you something. Hilo's got some plans, baby. I like this guy's military mind. He's he's the man. Dude, Hilo is just the You know, I wouldn't period. have said this at the outset of this podcast on the miniseries. One of my favorite characters right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. dude. He's, he's top three for me. At, I mean, for he's, sure. we already know he's top sirloin beefcake report. Oh, God. Yeah, he's top of the list. Top of the Prime, pack. Kobe beef. Yeah, that's like the Japanese shit, right? Yeah, that good. They're good. like, it's nine hundred dollars, and you're like, what? <laughs> For three shit. ounces? And this then you be take baby a bite flesh. of it. <laughs> you take a bite of it and just bust a nut immediately. Like, oh <laughs> fuck! Oh my god! It's so good. <laughs> he just smiles and sips his tea as yes. he watches the wet spot form on your khakis. <laughs> <laughs> Another one down. Mm. Nine hundred dollars. I love it. So anyway. uh, <laughs> <laughs> behind the scenes this guy's like I think guy has no accent he's like dude I paid three bucks for the steak these fucking dummies 
That's <laughs> <laughs> fucking ding dongs. Fucking idiots. It's fucking chicken. I can't believe I don't know that. <laughs> we just compressed it into a steak shape and painted it brown. <laughs> Red food dye, dinguses. Um, but I love this tactic. Half of the Viper wing. Put the Vipers in the base ship. I love it, dude. Dude, that's I love so that sick. deception shit. I love stratagems and the oh, in this yeah. kind of thing. I love this idea of oh, Trojan horse your ass, didn't we? <laughs> and dude, also just the imagery of seeing all the fucking colonial marines and the, the pilots just inside of a gooey base star. I was just like, oh, this fucking yeah. rules. <laughs> this is and, so good. And this gets back to Ty's panic, right? He's panicking here. Because they're right. suggesting, oh, like, what do we do? Ty's like, oh, why don't we just destroy it? Oh, I can't trust them. And not right. only that, I love how, like, in this moment, if I'm Adama, I'm raising an eyebrow big time because he's like, well, why don't we just uh, trust the president's vision and Dude. the scriptures and the truth of the scriptures? And I I'm love like, that. Uh, who the fuck are you, man? You have only disliked uh, Rosalind and all the scripture bullshit, like, until this moment. Like, what? The only time they were friends was on New Caprica, but then everyone had to be, remember? Exactly. Yeah. And then <laughs> humans against everybody. Leading up to that, no. And then after that, you're like, well... So, yeah, I know. that's. It's funny you say that because he's being smart about not tipping his hand oh, for, sure. for anything else. Right. Except in this moment, you're right. It's this idea of, oh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sort of coming around on her. I mean, she's dying and everything. I don't have to put up with her for much longer. <laughs> I mean, how many more orders am I going to have to support here? <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild. It's uh but I like how they're kind of going back and forth. And this is kind of what I think is Rosalind's, one of her best tactical choices to date, which is we unbox Deanna and find the five, keep the five until we get to earth, then turn them over because they've already waited this long. I like the right. splitting the difference here. It makes sense, right? Yeah. And yes, it's not exactly what they outset, but with this, you know, everyone's got daggers behind their backs right now. Everybody. Totally. My only fear with that is, and I, I would not uh, not be terribly surprised if the, something to this effect ends up happening where the Cylons figure out that the humans have found the five or know who the five are or actually have them essentially in their you know custody. Uh, and if that were the case and they weren't giving them up you know, immediately, I could see uh, combat breaking out. Like, sure. I'm like, you're going to have fighting on your hands. I, I think the Cylons, they are so rabidly after the final five because they mean so much to them. Like, when you think about it, the humans don't give a shit about who the final five are except for just knowing who they are so they know who's a fucking Cylon. Correct. And then also knowing now what the Cylons have told them that the final five evidently could lead them to Earth. They're like, well, cool. We want we want to know who the final five are and we want the information about Earth, but otherwise, we don't give a fuck about them. Yeah, but man. to the Cylons, they're sacred. They're like this massive, like we have just, we just split the entire unity of the Cylon race in order to find the final five and work with humanity in order to do it. So I feel like the, these particular rebel silence have so much more on the line. Their zealotry is so fucking high. Clearly. Like you, you can't piss these guys off because they're going to go apeshit if they think you have the, the final five and you're not handing them over right away. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, man. And this, it's, that gets back to the, we're deciding for half of our species. The, that, mm -hmm. that has to be in one of the humans' minds. Rosalind or Adama must Gotta be like, be. man, that's... So, so if they're willing to, if they're willing to decide for half their species on an, on a thing that we just sort of take for granted, the inevitability crushing oblivion of death, well then I guess, you know, so, but yeah, you're right about that. I, you know, I was thinking though, I'm just thinking how that plays out because 
Deanne is going to reveal them, which means everyone's going to know who they are. And then I guess they're just suggesting now we're going to hang on to them until they bring us to earth because fair is fair. My, my guess is it'd be hard for Rosalind to hide that fact. They would probably just be like, we're going to hang on to them and we're on our way to earth and we're going to give them to you. We promise kind of thing. You know, they, they're probably hoping that they can convince the silence of that. But like you said, with zealotry hanging in the balance, it's a bit nerve wracking of a play. But every play right. is nerve-wracking. <laughs> Seriously. It's like, what Seriously, are we doing wrong. here? <laughs> I mean, this is essentially a complicated Mexican standoff, just continuously. Right. Like, everybody, yeah. don't fucking flinch. Right, yeah. <laughs> fucking bandily is across their chest. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Adam would look good with bandoliers. Across his chest. <laughs> that would be actually be pretty fucking badass. I could totally go for a Firefly setting of Battlestar Galactica with all these actors. Just just a close-up of Adamus' like, face, and he cracks a grin. A little short, stubby stogie hanging out the side of his mouth. A fucking falcon overhead, a hot Arizona sun. <laughs> a cactus in the background. And he's just like, I think he needs his mama. <laughs> Westworld shit, but um, so good. Yeah, man, it's um, and that's when they're like, oh, we're gonna unite forces uh, with an uh, insurgent Cylons in a joint operation to destroy the Res Hub. <laughs> like Lee's like, by the way, and the delegates are like, what the fuck, dude? Their faces in that scene are hysterical. They're all like, what? Hey, what? What? <laughs> You're dumping a lot on us right now. Holy shit! Yeah, oh, so good. Zarek reading it of all people too is just so uh, great. It's perfect. <laughs> but uh, Rosalind blasts Tori here, right? Sleeping with the enemy stuff. Ooh, Mine yeah. is the beatings. I don't know if you saw I'm, that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm surprised that this interaction hadn't happened sooner. Like, I, I, I'm so, I, I knew that Rosalind was just so aware of what Tori was up to. Mm. And Spot I guess it, it was too kind many of those, times. Exactly. And I, I think it was one of those things where she was looking the other way because Tori is still extremely smart and capable and useful to her as an aide. Yeah. Uh, but it's one of those things where it's like, finally, she just can't look the other way this, at this point. She's like, okay, like you're the, I, you are down there every night. Like, come on. It was well played by, by, by Rosalind, to be frank, and in terms of like it, holding off. Like, I love the patience of knowing you have a compromised individual and you're waiting to test their loyalty to see if they give you anything actionable before you make a decision on their fate, right? Mm -hmm, It's interesting. Versus just saying, you're busted. You lay low, see what they're going to do, see what they're going to say, because now you have a leg up on them because they don't know you know. Right. It's fucking psychotic sociopath shit I'm saying, but that's the way it is, you know, like that kind (laughs) of situation. Yeah, dude. In the world of politics too, especially. I mean, like, that's just like, (laughs) if you're going to be in the snake pit, you're going to have to act like a snake sometimes. And I mean, that to me is the thing I've always in a sense, admired about Rosalind that like mm. she is this very kind, intelligent, emp- empathetic person. But when she has to be a viper and she knows she, she you know, she's got something, she will, dude. She'll strike. Oh, like, oh yeah. damn. This is why you've come as far as you have. Can't, you can't sit in that chair or on that ship or in that, in the office as it were and not have, you, you, you have to be tough. There's no way around it. You're dealing, it's, it's the most, ridiculous monkey rat race of all time and you have to fucking whack the other monkeys once in a while to keep them in line it's it's nuts <laughs> but um i do like uh, i like the uh you've been spotted down there enough times to be a charter member of his nymph squad fuck man and i mean that's pretty much what it is she's laying into him laying into her 
<laughs> she's Tori's, got her in her sights. What, dude, were you shocked when Tori was like, oh, I'm now a believer in Gaius's spiritual message, basically? What did you think about that? Honestly, I was like, what else could you possibly say? I yeah, think do you think it's knows. cover or do you think it, there's truth to it? Oh, no, I think there's truth in that. I think there's real truth in that. Sure. Um, I, I, I think she's slowly becoming... And as a Cylon, this only makes more sense over time, I think, a fucking monotheist. Like, she is, mm-hmm. she's believing in the one true God, and the Cylons, the rest of the Cylons already do. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, it only makes sense. I mean, I, I feel like there's, you know, we've talked about this before, that um, it, essentially, in, my, in my, my theory for how the rest of the show is going to go, part of it is I think that Gaius is essentially human Cylon space Jesus, where he's, like, going to convert humanity over to the, the monotheistic side, or at least a, a mm. section of it. I don't know. Um, but I believe her. And I think... Um, I think Tori is smart enough and aware enough to realize that she can't bullshit Roslyn on this one. That mm-hmm. like she's not gonna be able to like, oh, I just I like him, or I'm just spying on him for you. Like, no, it's a, that would all be a crock of shit that Roslyn would just roll her eyes at. Yeah. Like, I think she knows Roslyn's on top of it. Roslyn's dying, so like, why not be fucking paying attention? Um, right, and, 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 and she's I mean, just losing all of the fucks truthfully or going right out the mm-hmm. window. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. For and I. <laughs> exactly. And I, and I think Tori knows that. So she knows, okay, I'm I'm caught red-handed here. There's no denying it. I might as well be honest. And I, and that's how I took it. I've heard just being like, I I actually do kind of see the truth in what he's saying. Mm, you know, that, yeah, that's just it's, it. I really like that scene. I like that she's just like, like I don't really care what you think about Geis' stupid fucking message. But mm-hmm. I do know that I don't have time to unfuck you. But I will use you. And in using right. you, I want to know if you're spreading this crazy vision. You know, I just suck them, fuck them. I don't care. I just need to know. <laughs> right. Because that, that's something we haven't mentioned yet. Um, that, that, that basically Gaius has been broadcasting this message of Rosalind is, is go is essentially making policy and making decisions based off of these dreams and visions. And shared visions having. with shared. the enemy, by the way. Right. That's the kicker. Pointing out the, yeah. That, he, that she's sharing them with Cylons, exactly. Yeah, that's wild. Um, and, that, and that is the big thing. That's, you know, that's going to be her new scandal. This is an election year. That would be a fucking CNN. Just like, no, she's uh, consorting <laughs> with ISIS. Interesting. <laughs> I, think, I think in 2020, I think news outlets would be very reasonable with a piece of information about any candidate. That is true. That is true. We, they definitely we, wouldn't try to find the juiciest, most scandalous part of it and talk no. about that constantly. No, yeah. no, no. I think definitely. I, nah. Just anyway, the facts. Yeah, just the facts. That's what the news tells me. Um, <laughs> so Lee goes to see Roslyn, and he says, "Look, the quorum may vote a no confidence in you, which is which is a bummer for her. I mean, that must feel bad." Oh yeah. And he's yeah. given her a solid. He's given her a heads up, and she's like, "Well, I'm I'm not gonna capitulate in that regard." And he's like, "You know, let me tell you something, Roslyn." And it's important when Roslyn stops for a minute and listens to people because. Lee is rarely wrong, man. Watch the it's show true. again, you know? Yeah, Listen to him. No, it, you know, it's like, and he's saying, look, they are, are empty. They have given up. They have been through this routine too many times, and they're not sure how to cope with uncertainty outside of presuming the worst, which means right. you being dead, us not having a leader, and they are responsible as the quorum to see the civilian aspect of this ragtag group of survivors through to the end. And exactly. even though they seem like kind of doddering putzes, which they pretty much are, I think, <laughs> I think things go into laser focus a little bit more when they do, than when you're dealing with 300 million people on earth or, or in the U S with all these other countries. This is again, a football sized group of people 
And it's like, we got to hold this shit together. And, and they do care, even if they are doddering and annoying. And right. They annoy her and they should. But, but Lee's point is, let's, let's flip this. Like, let's turn this shitty perception into a positive. And, and that's, Lee is good at this. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he's, in truth, he's doing her a massive. A hundred percent. He's not like, he's not gloating. He's not pounding his chest. This isn't what he's doing. And, and even she's like, look, you feel they're suffering while well, try holding their lives in the balance every day, which is, she has the right to say that. And he's like, look, then just, just talk to him. Just right. go out there, tell him everything. Let them hear right. anything to and assuage their fear. And that's the main thing. That's what I, and again, you know, we've, we've always loved to bust his balls about being the boy scout that he is, but this sure. is one of those times, man, where Lee stepping up and saying what he says here is, is really crucial because he is the person, you know, no matter what, I mean, he's put his literal life <laughs> on the line to be honest, to tell the fucking truth right. like it is. And that's, that's literally all he's really telling her to do here is say, Hey, just out with it, present it to them, make them look at it instead of, you know, having to hear it from the creepy fucking sex cult guy over a creepy radio broadcast is making people uneasy. They're not sure how much is true, how much isn't. And it's weird. If the president themselves comes out and goes, okay, here's what's actually going on. Here's a fucking Cylon. Like, yes, we are talking to them and here's what they have to say. The floor mm-hmm. is yours. And making that, you know, bold presentation. Well, it kind of takes the load off of her. It's not something yeah. that she's secretly hiding like fucking Palpatine in the shadows. Like, sure. she can just be like, "Look, I, I'm I'm going to be you know uh, upfront with everybody." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You don't. Next thing you know, you're reading a crawl. It says the dead speak, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> then what? Then where are you left? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Just a big pile of garbage. <laughs> so yeah, it's like he's doing. It's funny too because think about their relationship and like how they were at odds and. He made a moral choice as far as he was concerned regarding the, the, the guilt and or innocence and or reasonable doubt of Guy's Baltar. And he's like, I can't in good conscience support this because, because you're all looking for somebody to sink your teeth into because of your own fucking shame. And I will not be part of that. I'm not going to do it. And I love, that's, that's my favorite love moment it. by Lee. It's one of my favorite oh, sure. moments in the whole show. Yeah, I, I love totally that agree. type of stand. And, and I like that it's not personal. That's why I think Lee is great because he gets into these battles, but it's not a personal thing with him. And sometimes it comes back on like, even Adama's like, you're my son. And he gets mad. Like Adama has the heart on the sleeve sometimes, especially with the likes of Kara or Lee. And and he's not, you know, Lee is like, I'm sorry, dad. And he pulled his gun on Ty and he turned away from his dad and stood near Rosalind. And then he turned away from Rosalind and stood near Gaius. And he's just a, Awesome character and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Fucking good shit. Yeah, man. But it's crazy. So um, let's see. Where do I want to go now? I want to go to... Um, oh, it just shows she has no ego in it too. Like he's like, I'm doing you solid here. <laughs> right. Right. Now he's not. He's definitely not inflating his own political career. It doesn't no. him no good. Ooh. Talk to me about Tori and Gaius. Ooh. Yeah. This is um this is fucking interesting. Like I it's weird how isolated Tori becomes in this episode. I yeah. did not expect that. Um that she was, you know, cuz she seemed, you know, we've talked about this a lot that she's been the character especially of the the, the four who've been revealed to us now uh of the you know the secret four Cylons who's really kind of come into her 
own because of it um, and really started to like kind of have this like confidence and this charm and, and like really starting to embrace the power of being a Cylon. And it's finally starting to bite her in the ass a little bit where people are starting to question her right. uh, and question question her dedication to them and, and you know, just her honesty, really. And I like it. Like, I mean, it, Gaius is kind of done with her, it seems like, after this moment. Mm. It's interesting. I love this. I like this idea, like, you, you why, why would I make this up? Right, like, right. I, and that's cool. Like, that's a good moment out of him. Why, why would I make this up? I, I mean, I'm not a saint, but I'm not trying to be a spiteful bitch. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, because, yeah. I mean, that, this is the thing I do believe uh, about uh, Gaius at this point, is that he is truly not lying. He is not lying for his own gain anymore. Mm. Um, he may be, I mean, like his beliefs and the, you know, his, the stuff he's saying or whatever might not technically be true, sure. but I believe in his belief in them. Um, right. That's what, that's what I can, I feel like and I it can turns say out that it's correct, which is hilarious. There you go. This fucking guy. <laughs> Always with this shit. But I like, Boys. I like the line where he's like co-opting the rhetoric of patriots to keep everyone in the dark, including you. Oh, that's so good. Damn, yeah, player. That's, a, that's, that's a great. You know what? Great line. That's why he has the best podcast on the Galactica, dude. <laughs> exactly. And you know, and she's it's like, you know, you spend, and you know what? I understand his struggle. She's like, you podcast too much. He's like, fine, I'm going to go podcast. <laughs> I got a podcast to do, baby. I'm going to podcast, and I'm sorry you feel that way, but I got to do what I got to do. I got a podcast, so that's <laughs> what he goes cast. to do. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to go hit the casts and get this out, <laughs> topping them charts and iTunes, fucking Galactica iTunes, Space Tunes. <laughs> Dude, he's number one in the uh, the category of ranting space Jesus. No question. And it's a close-up of him with his like hand sort of like lazily in front of his chin holding a cigarette. You know the type, right? <laughs> exactly. Like lounging. A lot like the lounging back. hand close-up shot with a cigarette. And she says, and it's just called Truth by Guy Spaltar or something. <laughs> and somehow, even in that category, Joe Rogan's number two. He's just barely, <laughs> barely edging out Joe Rogan. How the fuck? <laughs> And then, and then they blow the whole world up, and Rogan's like, we're going to have Gaius on. <laughs> yeah, and then they the watch a lion world. eat a sheep, and Gaius doesn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Christ. Let's talk about, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, do you want to talk about the, um, you know, the actual moment where, where the Natalie Six addresses the quorum? Oh, hell yeah. This is good shit, man. This is really good shit. I am here because I believe in this mission, and when it when. What it means for our future. I'm here to ask you to listen. I'm here to ask you to for your support, right? Yeah, man. That's Dude. Gaius, actually. I'm sorry, that's Rosalind. And then they bring her in, and Six walks in and just levels the room. At this point, Six must look around the room and think to herself, God, they're all so ugly. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Why am I giving up my beautiful immortality? Why, yeah. Why am I doing this for these ugly pink belly monkeys? <laughs> These disgusting these naked monkeys. monstrous, disgusting creatures. Ugh, Ugh. Gross. I mean, look at me and look at the, all of them. Their lives, none of their life, all of their lives combined, not worth mine. <laughs> but dude, I mean, what a great line here, this moment where she's like, the one human flaw that you spend your entire lives distressing <laughs> over, mortality, is, the, is what makes life meaningful. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, that's good shit. It's so intense too, because- I love how they show Rosalind in the frame, and Rosalind's like, yeah, easy for fucking you to say. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'm about 20 minutes away I'm from that. I'm fucking dying. So. I'm fucking dying back here. You care about your fucking ear? <laughs> <laughs> She's just fucking covered in Kamala extract, and Tori's driving her like, come on, say the fucking words. You're not gonna die. Say the fucking words. 
I'm fucking dying. I'm dying. You fucking year. <laughs> but dude, also, what a fucking reveal. And I really dude. truly did not understand it until the moment when it started to shake on Kara's uh, yeah, face man. where I was like, oh my God, the harbinger of death. That's Ooh. what Kara is for the Cylons. Ooh. She brought them the realization of almost really the necessity of death. Holy fuck. That's incredible. Bananas. That was such a fucking cool moment, man. I love it. What a reveal. This is where I thought the episode was going to fucking end. And then I looked at the time. I was like, wait, there's still like 10 more minutes? Holy shit. I yeah. thought it was going to end there with her being like, oh my God, I'm the harbinger of death for the Cylons. Boom. Hell yeah, man. What a fucking great moment. Because, I mean, I, that has been on my brain, obviously, ever since it was uttered, even in the, the Razor, you know, miniseries, where I was like, wait, what the fuck? What does that mean? Because I'm like, is it just going to, I mean, like, I was like, there's no way that in truth it can mean that Kara Thrace is just the fucking apocalypto for all of human race <laughs> in the moment they get to Earth because she leads them and everybody just dies. I'm like, that's, that cannot be it. Like, what is that? What does that mean? She's just so, got a backpack, a knapsack full of Cylon hearts. <laughs> it's just gonna be like fucking Jonestown. She's just gotta make it a big jug of Kool Aid for everybody. I'm like, what does that mean, Harbinger of Death? What? But now I'm like, oh my mm. god, I get it. And of course, of course, why was it delivered to her with such glee? That message. I mean, you know, the 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 um shit. What are they called? The the, the Oracle. The hybrid. Yeah, the hybrid was so happy to see Kara and tell her that. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, that's meaningful. In this, for the Cylons, it's this sort of like beautiful revelation of. They should be mortal, and that's good. Right. Oh, so interesting. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's interesting that we're talking about a death from a mortality standpoint. Not obviously they can die violently, but they always come back. Like it's yeah, it's it's a really right. cool, really cool moment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it, and it sits on her heart there, man. Our destiny begins. I love. Yeah, that whole speech is so good, Kara. It was no accident that Kara found us. Yeah, you can say that again, <laughs> and that's For when Kara sure. bugs out. Oh man. And dude, I'm not going to lie too, that from that moment and her being called the Harbinger really puts her high on my possible Cylon list as the final one. Not mm. going to lie. Right, right. She's out it's there a reasonable now. conclusion. But yeah, it, it it hits her and she's like, fucking hell, man. Ooh, hits her heavy. Dude, you want to dive into the uh, the craziest dream sequence yet, really? I feel like. Oh, man. Jing, 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 jing. What the fuck is that? I love how Six is like, think of the, um, there must be some kind of way out of here. Oh, yeah, yeah. True, true. That's right. Said the Joker to the thief. But I like like how she's like, thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak, you ugly, ugly pink bellies. (laughs) You filthy, disgusting monkeys. I don't regret killing any of you. Yeah, no shit. Because it, because you know that's she's already disgusts. You know, well, we'll talk about that. But 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 mm-hmm. the, the 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 her sensing the oof. I don't know about these these pink bellies. But yeah, Rosalind's visions, man. <laughs> What's your interpretation yeah. here? I mean, obviously it's hard to interpret. But what, what right. are you seeing here? Anything in? I mean, oof, it's still so bizarre and abstract. I mean, I think what's interesting about this particular sequence, this is the first time we've clearly seen Gaius in it. Um, before yeah. that, you know, I think the most we had seen is Six taking Hera and walking into the light with some other figure out there. But this time we see that it is Gaius, Gaius Baltar. And that's when Rosalind wakes up. But the shared aspect of it, uh, Athena in the dream, 
continues after them and sees them walk out the door together and the doors close behind mm. them, um, which I found really interesting. And that's when, you know, Athena wakes up and actually, I think, it, it, is it from this point where she heads out or that, that's when she gets home and sees her daughter? She goes home and sees Hera, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, uh, Hera draws all the sixes. Oh, it's so creepy. Yippee. Dude, I am now very much so like, this kid, even though it's Helos and Athena's, they are because of their nature, the fact that they are a hybrid, they are something else, man. Like yeah, they for are sure. they are tied into this in a way that is like that I kind of at this point see them as not Helo and Athena's kid. It's like they she's you know, they were the vessels to just produce her. <laughs> like because right. at first, you know, this is really the first time too that we've gotten real confirmation that you know, does the hybrid child actually mean anything or is it just a belief of the Cylons? But no, mm. like she she came to this stuff on her own. Like, you know, she's drawing these things in a little book on her own. That's that's her. She's connected to something. Fucking A. It's real. Ooh. Yeah. And boy, boy, does Athena not take it well. Don't blame her. She doesn't take it well. And there's the other huge reveal about Kara having the information about the dying, op- the dying leader in the opera house. Mm, Rosalind's yeah, right. utterly stunned by this. And that's when she says, no, no, the hybrid told me. And that's like <sighs> this moment in the show where this is the first time ever that that was this big reveal outside of her own personal experience. Mm, that's a good point. I mean, I a hybrid told Kara, and now you're hearing it from Kara, this, this sacred thing in your mind. And now you're like, well, I need to see the goddamn hybrid. How does the hybrid know what's in my dreams? I wish I knew. And your <laughs> right? dreams are freaking me out with Gaius and Six and the baby and running around the opera house and everything else. <laughs> but uh, back to your point about uh, Athena not taking it well. Yeah. Seeing Six drawn in the old coloring book is going to freak you out. Yeah. Yeah. No, not not happy about that. And, and the fact that especially when she turns around, hair is just gone. Right. Like, yeah, it's creepy. She has become little, little Damien. Like, I, I, like she is <laughs> truly, you know, like whatever Antichrist Cylon shit is in her has awoken, and I feel like has <laughs> taken over her. It's, it's creepy, dude. I mean, she can sense that a six is there, and she's been. She's not only drawing the number six, but literally blonde sixes all over. Sure, yeah. And this is, um, this is where I love, I love this next stuff with this Cylon discussion. Right? Oh yeah, six saying, listen, I could feel the delegates contempt for me i could feel it mm-hmm. and she's i mean she's right <laughs> she's not wrong but you know what's interesting about that <clears throat> she says her, her her reasoning there is because they know i'm they could sense i was i have deception in my mind isn't that a weird way to say it she says they yeah. were we were wrong to deceive them and they know we know that they know they know because of that like she's almost saying they can sense it on me they can smell the deception on me it's, it's what she's getting at, which I just think is so cool. Right, right. And you know, what I think is interesting we about that- We were wrong to my, deceive them. They know, she's saying. Yeah, yeah. And I also, I, I think it's a little bit of a, it's like almost an overlap of they still don't fully trust the humans and the humans can tell that they don't fully trust them. Right. So now they don't fully trust the silence. Like, it's like, yeah, a, it's like it's a, 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 a cycle. That, it's, that it's, a, it's a goddamn poker game in the Wild West. You're like, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. No, and, I agree. And, and, and then there's the this idea of her concern that the final five will judge them. Awesome. True. Like yeah. that they will judge a betrayal as a negative thing, like a net negative. That's wild because it suggests a higher morality coming from the final five, which we don't know a ton about how the silence feel about the final five, but that's a kind of a big reveal to me. 
Yeah. Which yeah. might even give hope to the fate of the final five in a sense, right? And he, yeah. And you know, you know what's interesting about that is that, and it's very hard to discern in the show, what is the Cylon belief and what is actual truth? And the interesting thing about this is- um, That's an interesting the, puzzle to solve. The tough end to fucking melon scratch you. Uh, They've been fighting about that one, oh, forever on Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Forever and ever and ever. Um, But, dude, what what I find fascinating about that is the fact that, like, okay, so, well, nope. Oh, there it goes. Hey, Dean, the train just left. My train of thought has departed the station. Gone. Gone, gone, gone. Bye. See you later. I'll come back to it. Did you literally just have a senior moment? I fucking absolutely did. God damn, player. That's My 30 year old senior moment. Fuck. <laughs> hey, I have well, like three of those a day. Like, fair <laughs> at enough. At least. So let me see if I can lead you back to it. We were kind of just discussing the idea of, uh, of, of a couple things. Number one, we were kind of on this idea that isn't it interesting that six is concerned of the judgment from the final five, morally speaking? Like, oh, yep. It, thank you. Thank you. You're, you got you're it welcome. back to me. Nope. That's you, okay. You, you, you brought me back. But, um, what this makes me wonder about and question is, okay, if the final five are as important as the Cylons who, you know, believe in them and prioritize the belief right. in them really believe, well, then that implies a lot of power on the, the final five. But sure. we already know who four of the final five are, and mm-hmm. they're just a bunch of confused idiots like everybody else. And I'm like, Indeed. what does that mean then? Like, because if they suddenly, once like, I don't know, let's say the last, the final one of them is revealed, does that, you know, you put them together like the fucking Power Rangers Mighty Morphin thing and they all of a sudden just turn into something else and they, <laughs> their, their consciousness of, of themselves as one of the final five models, you know, arises and they have some kind of power. I'm like, if that's the case, then, you know, what we also have here again, the puzzle that I really find interesting is... There is within them, each of the final four, their human mind, which is also now still aware of the fact that they are Cylons, and then something else hidden in there that's like, you know, they're, they're, like it's partitioned uh, off and can be turned on later, possibly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Dun, dun, ta-da, dun, ta-da, Voltron. They fucking form into a giant <laughs> robot. <laughs> fucking so Form good. blazing sword. Ka-ching! But um, yeah, it's it's a crazy thought because it's it's it does make you wonder about all of it. Like, what what does that mean? Is there are we going to return to the to the trope of oh, it's the switch goes off? Like, is it is it is it late in the game for that, or 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 is it or, or are we That's ripe for it? Thinking. Are we ripe for it? Who knows? Um, mm, right, you know. And it's uh, and I like that idea. I like the. Uh, <laughs> It does two things too. It it make it does make you concerned for the final. It, on the one hand, it makes you go, well, maybe them being viewed as being concerned with their judgment means our our final five, at least the four we love and care about, are safe, right? But it also right. makes us go, what are what haven't they done yet that could happen at any moment to get back to your partition hard drive point? We don't know. It's like flip a coin. We have no right. clue, but we do know. No we we it, it it almost it almost drives the point home of some of our earlier anxieties regarding the four because of what six is saying is counter to what we're seeing, but it's a, a real concern of hers. They are obsessed with the final five. This, this rebel group believes they are sacrosanct in a sense. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that must be a lot of pressure for those four people. Like, well, what the fuck? What do you mean? Oh yeah. No, I, I can't imagine being in their shoes in this moment of being like, 
if I am found out, if my if the truth of who I am is found out by the humans, I'm fucking dead. They're just going to execute me. Mm-hmm. And if the Cylons find out, they're going to fall to their knees and worship me, possibly, and mm-hmm. beg my my guidance or judgment. Like, what the fuck? Sure, sure. Like, what is going on? Like, this was so much to process. And you I only like, have three other people to fucking console me. Each yeah, other yeah. With. I like how they back off on the betrayal. And they're like, well, it's it's almost like the mafia hit. Like, well, things are in motion. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> hey, like Paulie Servino says, what do you want? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I don't know anything about the restaurant business. You know, it's like, <laughs> it, it, is it too late? Is it is it too late to call off? And that's when Leoben kind of steps up and says, let me handle the Centurions. You go stall for time and don't tell them the truth because if you tell them, we were thinking about betraying you. you this whole thing's going to get called off. No question. Mm-hmm. Because the relationship is so strained as it is. It's so strained already. You, even if you're honest and you admit it, they're not going to, trust is damaged. Right. Not as right. damaged as if you betray them, but still damaged because you were considering betraying them and now you're considering not betraying them. And this sort of, this sort of lack of conviction with this particular part of this arrangement is troubling when you are sitting <laughs> where the humans are sitting. Right, right. It's not unreasonable. Hard to, not unreasonable. No, not at all. But but troubling for sure. <laughs> it's awesome. Dude, I love this moment too with Gaius coming aboard the ship. Like not <laughs> even fighting it anymore. Just like he's being walked down the hall, ushered yeah. by a bunch of Marines, just like, yep, okay. And then he gets into the ship. Of course. He says, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> And then she just fucking out and tells him, you are in my visions. The things you've been saying, unbeknownst to you, are correct. That's, that's fucking a big, intense. That's a big thing for her to do in this moment. Seriously. Right. To confirm him. To confirm to, him. To, to, to tell Gaius, yeah, you're right, actually. You piece of shit. I hate you, but you're fucking right. Yeah, this is 100% true. I mean, you're right on the money with this one. It's bananas, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah. But she wants to take him to the hybrid with her. And he has a great point. Why do you require my presence? (laughs) Um, Why? And then she goes, oh, you were in my dreams, which I think comes as a shock to him. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think he's been having his own independent, you know, he's obviously probably gotten some information from Tori, but he also- And he's had his opera house dreams too, but now, like you said, he's being told. Yeah, that you are. These dreams are spread out among all of us. Yeah, man cool shit it's awesome what are you um oh well we're gonna see that in a minute but this is where sharon kind of loses her shit or <sighs> athena i should say yeah. and literally wastes sex i was no joke out loud being like oh my god no 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 stop 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 like oh don't because like there's like all these marines and she you know even though she's accepted at this point she is still a cylon and they, yeah, they might think she's going fucking crazy I seriously, dude, thought we were going to see Athena get wasted. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. Is she going to be killed in this episode? No fucking way. Um, So I'm glad to see. I'm not going to lie. I'm glad to see they didn't just immediately open up on Athena. Thank God. But uh, damn, poor fucking Natalie just gets iced hard. Yeah, dude. Dude. It's, um, you know, there's something poetic about it without getting too up my own ass highfalutin. This idea that she was sort of willing to die for this vision. She didn't do anything wrong here. Athena is just freaking out based off of a vision, based off of a panic surrounding Hera. Yeah. And she's going to get her ass thrown in the brig. I mean, for cold blood killing this person. It doesn't. Yeah. It's bad. 
it's it's also ironic that the first breach, like actual demonstrable breach in this arrangement is coming from a Cylon on Cylon crime. Cylon on Cylon crime, man. <laughs> we got to clean up these streets. Dude. It's unbelievable, you know? But a Cylon for the sake of, of the humans on their side. Right, right. That's what Believe. I'm saying. And it's in, yeah, in, exactly. in, in with, with really the only thing she has to go off of is a crazy dream. She has no evidence that Six was going to hurt Hera. No, Hera doesn't appear to be in any danger outside of being near a Cylon who is a known baby killer. <laughs> I mean, unknown it, to them, but it yeah, was four years ago. You know, she's thought she's reflected on this, but uh, accidental <laughs> neck cracking, if I recall. <laughs> yep, just guy. I mean, we all get to that point where you just like, oh, she'll kill you, she wants to squeeze you, and she just fucking couldn't control herself. Yeah, exactly. When you got <laughs> when you have uh, the strength of twenty six men, it's, it's dangerous. This is why you don't you don't hand puppies to Superman, okay, guys? That's all I'm saying. I think six knows she's dead, and I think this is really it's it's a really crazy moment just to get gunned down, gunned the fuck down in the hallway, and also at the same time, you know, Rosalind and Gaius they all arrive at the hybrid. The moment the hybrid is plugged back in, powered up, Oof. jump, boom, they yeah, big gone. panic. <sighs> Fuck, dude. And there they go away in space. Holy shit. I mean, in my mind, I'm like, okay, are they going to just be either at the resurrection hub or just at Earth? Like, I have no idea. (laughs) Well, let me tell you who's going to be really pissed off when they emerge from the hub if that's where they're going. Six. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking A. By the way. Uh, it's a good thing six is part of the deal didn't go through quite yet, but it raises an interesting question. You just got gunned down in cold blood for no real objective reason. Mm-hmm. And you're going to wake up going, well, I'm glad I'm back because that was a stupid way to die. But, but- is, is she going to wake up? I thought they were out of range of the resurrection you know, hub at this point, or maybe not. Am I wrong? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure actually. Maybe I'm fucking yeah. this up, but let's presume she does come back. Okay. In 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 it's it's a bummer, man. It's a bummer that you this is it's funny, you can be like, oh, but death is noble, it gives us purpose. But then when you realize that there's just stupid, meaningless death. <laughs> I guess what <laughs> exactly. I'm saying is is will yeah. this shake her resolve? Point. Will this shake Ooh, her resolve? That's, yeah. That's a great question. That's a great question. Cause like, yeah, to have such an arbitrary, meaningless, like a total misunderstanding led to my murder. You're like, well, fuck, fuck, I don't want to die, shit. Yeah, like a stupid um, fucking accident. You're like, oh. Dude, another, another one of Tommy Brinkley's comments I have to read about this. Go the three it. model aboard the Bay Star should have never said Hera's name to Athena. She sealed her fate right then and there. Hashtag when small talk goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, man. Whoops. Oh, that's good. That's good. But damn, damn, brutal ending, man. Yeah. Such and, a shock. What's the hybrid thinking? What? What is this? The jump happens immediately when Six is shot. Why? Is it does, that coincidental or is that just cinematic? Well, I mean, I, I I can't tell. I think it's more maybe more cinematic because we see Six get gunned down and kind of just like fall to the ground, kind of like breathe her last breath. And then we cut back over to seeing uh, the, the hybrid getting plugged back in by one of the, you know, uh, sheriffs. Oh, right, right. It's the and plug in it, that causes the jump. Right. She plugs in and the second she's plugged in and wakes up, she's just like, jump. And so I'm like, is, I'm like, I'm almost like, is that some sort of like weird emergency protocol? Like if they're offline, if they plug back in to just immediately jump away because they would have presumed danger, maybe? I don't know. I like that. 
Do you think Adam is super pissed right now? Oh my God, so pissed. He just shit an entire hot red brick. Just he's like sideways. Where's the president? Where where are these people? I am super fly pissed right now. But you know what I'm also looking forward to? The fact that we're going to see a whole lot of Gaius and Rosalind interactions in the next mm. episode. I am intrigued. Damn, player. Damn, player. I Let's can't go. wait to see that, Damn, player. Damn, player. I'm to go. It's got to be a road show. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. That was, uh, it's crazy, dude. It's, there's plenty of, uh, plenty of odd things to interpret in this one. And like you said, a lot happens. And I think that's what makes it such a compelling episode. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, this episode is so fucking good. And it's, it's just so up. tense. Yeah, yeah, yes. They're good at tension, aren't they? They're good at, it, it's, it's got to be hard to weave political tension into sort of mystical tension, right? Yeah, but it's, here we are, though. Here the we crossover. Are. The crossover, baby. Awesome. Damn, that, well, was, that was a fucking killer episode. That was so good. I really enjoyed <laughs> the show. I mean, like, I still feel like I'm still processing and reacting to it because, like I said at the top, there's like three episodes of reveals and shit happening in this one. I'm still like, oh my god, so much happened. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, but it's. I'm gonna. But de- it's, this is one of the first times where I'm like, I'm when I watch the next episode, I'm gonna rewatch this one and then watch the next episode. Like that, just so much has gone down, and I'm like, I gotta sure. have a full recap. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and then there's also like. <laughs> like you said, implications. There's so many implications here because now what? What happens now? If Rosalind has been jumped away in a base star and there's already this, we don't really have confidence in her, what's the quorum going to do? Yeah. Where's yeah, our president? The president's just gone on a Cylon ship on a, for a fucking joyride to God knows where. Yeah, she just splits. We, we already saw her fraternizing with that hot Cylon. What's up? Yeah, Exactly. Zarek, Zarek, Zarek. <laughs> Mutiny, <laughs> mutiny. Imagine she comes back and Zarek's the fucking acting president. She should just fucking expect that by this point. Come on. <laughs> Don't be naive, Rob. <laughs> fucking A. So funny. Oh my gosh. Well, shit, baby. Lee's like, oh, I'll step in. I got this. I got this. I'm the Boy Scout. <laughs> I can do this. I can do the president's job. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's that was a good time. Good episode. I really enjoyed it. And uh, of Great course, episode. thanks to Scott and Tommy for always chipping in as well. Um, Hell yeah. Let me just pop open that thing and see if there's anybody else I want to get to real quick. I think I would actually like to read. Oh, that's not right. I think I kind of just want to read the full comment by Tommy. All right. Where he says, regarding why Colonel Ty gives weapons halt command, I believe that Ty made that call based on his military experience rather than the newly formed connection with the Cylons. Although the base star jumps right into the middle of the fleet, from the Galactic's perspective, it did not fire a single shot, which in effect gave every other ship time needed to jump away to safety. If the Cylon base star was on a suicide mission, it could have just nuked itself and destroyed the human race right then and there. I think that these were some of the things that was running through Ty's mind when he says to himself, something isn't right. Ah, I like it. What do you think about yeah. that take? I like it. Uh, I, I mean, because for him, my my main thing was like thinking about him in that moment, not wanting to give himself away, mm-hmm. uh, because it's definitely some Cylon like instinct that's kicking in. Um, but th- yeah, like the thing that uh, kept poking up in my mind was like, isn't anyone going to notice how it's not deploying ships immediately? <laughs> like, sure. how it's not just dumping raiders on you. Like that would already be like, uh, wait a minute, is it is it injured? Is it hobbled? What's going on? Um, so I, I, I I'm surprised he didn't kind of pull that up mm, for sure well we'll discuss it in two weeks uh, when we get back to Battlestar Galactica 
Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Now will be sine qua non. How do you say that? Uh, Shane Kwan on, I think. Something like that. That's the name of the next episode. I'm too dumb to know how to pronounce it. (laughs) But um, I'm looking forward to talking about it, I can assure you, because uh, it's going to be weird with a missing president, with a murdered Cylon, how the Cylon's going to feel that are still uh, around. Uh, What does this mean? Uh, What's going to to happen to Sharon? What's going to happen to Baltar? What's going to happen to all of them? I mean, there's just so much hanging in the balance now, and it's good to be back. It's good to be back oh, talking yeah. Battlestar Galacta, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we're back on schedule. So we'll see you guys in two weeks' time. And thank you again very much for the patience that you have shown in waiting for these uh, for this episode and this podcast to kind of get back on track post holidays yeah. and a bunch of other shit. Um, which leaves me with uh, the socials, Matthew. Why don't you tell these good people where you can be found on the web? On the old tweeters, you can find me at Matthew LSG Media. And I am at Dean LSG Media uh, at a bunch of places. Um, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Twitter, at Dean LSG Media. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, thank you guys very much. You guys have a wonderful evening, and we'll catch you in two weeks with more Battlestar Galactica. See ya.